Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. My name is Gina Timberman, and this podcast is Timber People, a new Oklahoma City community podcast. I'm really excited and honored to welcome our guests today, Rick and Tracy Bewley. Welcome. Hi, how are you? It's good to be here. Great. Happy New Year. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, it's it's good to know you. I've admired your work and uh, for, for many years and have been really excited about being welcomed into your studio recently. And I wanted to kick off the podcast with really interesting conversations. Uh, conversations with people like you, timber people. One may ask, what what does that mean, timber people? Timber people are people that build and create. We think about timber as a material. Uh, timber is used to build a home, a houses, places of warmth and welcoming. Um, we build with timber ideas and people coming together to create. Timber supports, it supports structures that protect, and it's a fuel, a fire that brings us together in warmth, uh, sometimes with gathering and also with ceremony. So when I think of timber people, I think of people that do those things, that create, that build, that really uh, support and uplift and bring us together. And uh, I'm really excited that I have Timber People with Rick and Tracy here today. Thank you again. And um, great way to kick off this year again. Well, thank you for considering us uh, some of your Timber People. That sounds fun. (laughs) Thank you. I wanted to get started today with talking about Creation, creation of your partnership, unique and special collaboration that you have in working together. I know that you've been working for um, a couple of decades now that I understand. and That makes it that, sound long, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great foundation for the beautiful work that you see around our city and the projects that um, are around us and being in your studio, the great works of creation. Uh, let, can we talk a little bit about um, how your your collaboration came together as a couple and a, as artists. Uh, you're very um, unique in your diversity and how you work with one another. And um. so, when we initially met, we both worked at the same business, and um, we decided that we wanted to start seeing each other and to learn some sort of art form that we could both learn together at the same time. At that time, we kind of approached art from a different direction. I was a fine artist. I was, I have an art degree. I was used to painting, drawing, more traditional kind of forms like that. Uh, But he's always been a builder. Mm -hmm. So he's always made things with his hands. He's uh, been a carpenter, worked with acrylics, worked with all kinds of materials. So we wanted to find something that kind of combined combined our skill sets so that we could uh, learn something new together that we could kind of grow with together. We just happened to learn about through our through our jobs uh, a, a particular process called glass fusing or fused glass that sounded very interesting to us. And we had met a gentleman who was uh, visiting uh, our place of business for uh, teaching some techniques that were related to fused glass. So. Uh, we talked with him a little bit, got very interested in it, ended up going to stay with him for three days in his place in Minnesota. Coon Rapids, Minnesota. 
and um, kind of learned the basics of fused glass and decided this is what we wanted to do and came back and started playing. So, yeah, my approach as a, as a maker it was, you know, so it was three-dimensional. It was material that we could work with. And then also it wasn't by chance that we decided to pursue glass. It was what we were always drawn to when we would go to an arts festival or a gallery or something. Our favorite thing there would always be glass. And uh, wasn't ever anything that we could actually afford for ourselves. But So at this point, we were able to learn how to make our own um, and that's how, that's how we got started working with glass. And fused glass in particular, I know most people listening probably are not even familiar with fused glass, but it has a very strong um, graphic design component, which worked well with my background in drawing and illustrating and painting, but it was also has a very physical element where you cut and break the pieces and put them together and melt them together in a kiln, and then you move on to make uh, additional items out of them. Like we've, we, we're much more mixed media at this point. So while we'll make glass elements, we'll add metal, wood, acrylic, whatever material we need to finish out that particular sculpture. So um, it's just been a, a very interesting process for us to, to combine our skills with. In the creation of your artwork, uh, in looking back, what were some of the biggest challenges that you've had over the years in starting out your business and your, your process? Well, you know, the, uh, being a maker and having always, um, you know, whatever, whatever I wanted to make, it was just a matter of learning the next new material and how to do it. And, you know, as you pointed out, two decades later, it didn't, it didn't happen all at once. Um, you know, we started with one small kiln and, and a little space uh, about the size of this room that was our entire studio. And then we added an additional kiln and then uh, applied for a, a first festival, art festival, the Triple C Southside Arts Festival. We applied for that. But at that point, we, we didn't even know what we were going to do with the glass that we were making. We were just making it and it was starting to pile up. And uh, my brother uh, laid an application for the South Oklahoma City Arts Festival on our workspace one afternoon, and we came in and we went, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. Applied for the festival and got in. So our very first arts festival, we've not ever done this before. And so now you have to, and that was probably a pretty big challenge. How, how many pieces do you make and how much do you charge for them? And you need a booth and you need a display. And so all this had to happen for this first festival. And at this point, we still haven't ever sold a piece of our art. So the festival opens Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and by 3.30, we had sold four pieces. So we, we, we were satisfied at that point. If oh, we no, did... we were ecstatic. <laughs> we, we couldn't believe. People like our stuff. Yay! <laughs> and, then that, and then that's the point. You know, you can't, you know, you don't want to make what you think people are going to buy. You can only make what satisfies your own um, imagination, and then it's just that much more fun when it sells. You know, it's it's often your favorite piece is the first thing to sell. So, and everything has grown and built since then. Um, but both of us maintain full time jobs up until quite recently. So it's only gradually gotten to the point 
our small business has gotten to the point where we can actually use it to support both of us without having to work on an additional job outside of the studio. So Rick actually just retired this past October, which has both of us there full time, which has been really exciting and challenging, uh, as well as a little nerve wracking and figuring out, you know, how this is actually going to proceed and right. um, working out the details. It's uh, it's been interesting and we're still learning. Absolutely. Well, that's a part of that continuum is that taking what you've done, learning whether it's new materials, new experiences, new realities, and then what? How do you how do you carry that forward? And it's been really great to to see and to hear about even from a distance um, different uh, aspects of the work that you've done over the years from. Anything from jewelry to the glass to mixed materials, mixed media, but also with furniture and with some of your, from pieces that are small to larger, you really have a diverse collection of work and work experience. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? That's really, it's it's great. Well, and yeah, I mean, having said that, we, we, we've never had a plan. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes the best plan is no well, plan. <laughs> we kind of always said, wouldn't it be great if one day we didn't have to work jobs and we could do right. li- li- full time at the gallery? But it was not like a concrete plan with a, you know, a planner worked out by this year we're going to retire or whatever. It, it was just happened, you know. And, you know, maintaining full time jobs also allowed us to grow the business and to invest in it and to buy equipment and more materials and things to get it to the size that it is so that when it was time to work full-time, we had everything in place. There wasn't an investment needed to become full-time Right. Well, and it was also an emotional um, way to approach it as well because we both had creative jobs that we enjoyed, so it wasn't wasn't a horrible thing to continue to work full-time, but it also meant that working out of the gallery, uh, working on our artwork, we were not worried about, oh, we need to make something that's going right. to sell. We need to do everything in blue this year or whatever. We continued to make just what we wanted to make and what inspired us versus whatever we think people are going to buy because we've got to make that next dollar. So it's it's worked well for us emotionally as well as anything else just to be able to continue to make what's what we want to make. That's really important, especially from you know learning about um, the art process and how it's created. I know that in many aspects of work life, we don't have that opportunity to right. do that. And I also think that something that's so important is you have many relationships in the community and have uh, had commissioned works of art from friends and others that um, love and respect. That's that reciprocity between the collector or the buyer with the artist is that cyclical exchange of giving and sharing ideas of what is speaking to someone how you would take that and create something and it builds and strengthens relationships and it warms and welcomes people uh, into others' homes. And I think that's really special, knowing the relationships that you've had in some of the work that you've done that, you know, resides in people's homes and as part of their welcoming space. That's actually quite a special feeling if you walk into someone's home and you don't realize they're a collector or not even necessarily a collector. Maybe they just have one of your pieces and you walk in and you see it. And it's just such a warm, amazing mm-hmm. feeling to think they they purchased this artwork from us and they have it on display and they love it. And it's found a home. We uh, we love that. 
Well, and as much as we talk about doing what we want to do, we we primarily do commission work, and we're not afraid to um, make somebody else's vision uh, into a reality. Mm-hmm. It as long as they you know just give us the guidelines of what they're thinking, and it takes us a direction that we might not have gone on our own. We really enjoy that. We mm-hmm. you know for us it's like a free free idea. You know we're not sitting around wanting for ideas of what to make and then people walk in with something unusual um and we've, we've started in many new processes or new directions because of an influence from a customer's uh, commission where they've asked us to do something that we had not thought of or tried to do before and usually it's subject matter it's not usually materials as much but it can be it can be either. But it's uh, it's we've gone many different directions based on something new we've learned through a through a customer's input. So we don't mind that at all. And also, you know, being your own own boss and stuff, the the ability to say no, right, <laughs> has been super fun. That's also a pleasure. Not <laughs> every person in work like that. <laughs> well, and part of that comes from the day jobs that we had involved. Um, customers that you could never say no right, to, right. and you're, you did, you bent over backwards to make whatever their request was happen in their vision with no input from you or as minimal from you as as could be managed. So it was fun to go to our own studio and not to have to have that mindset. We were always adding our influence and our input and our artistic take on things and. That's just the way it was. That's what we wanted to do, and luckily, it's it's been something that has been uh, popular. It's a great balance, and yeah. it speaks to the trust that your collectors and um, friends have had in in your work and your creativity and your collaboration together. Well, and I think you're aware of, you know, I, I think we had this conversation about some pieces that you commissioned, and here's what I'm thinking. But you're the artist. I can't wait to see what you do. Right. You're going to get the artist's best work. Absolutely. Every time. It's exciting. It's really exciting. And unlike a lot of artists, we actually we joke among ourselves about being ADD with glass because we do not have just one style and that's what we do. And, you know, we're very rigid about this is our look. That is not the case. We if you look around in our gallery, you will see that we have. 15 different directions that we've been exploring and playing with. It it looks like we've got 10 different artists right. displayed in our gallery because we keep playing and going in a different direction every time we see something shiny or sparkly. So it's 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 really fun for us to not be put in a in a box mm-hmm. because we don't want to be there. We want to explore and do something different and I don't care if it all looks the same. It we don't want it to. We want we want to play with it and have fun. No, the other the other thing is we'll come up with something that you could sell a thousand of these. <laughs> right. We don't want to make a thousand of anything <laughs> right. ever. Yeah, not somebody, widgets. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. can sell a thousand of these. We are not. I appreciate yeah. that. I really appreciate that. I think um, many other people do too. <laughs> well, I hope hopefully it means you, you'll understand that. You know, the artwork you're buying from us is original, and it's mm-hmm. not something that we've made, you know, 50 others just like it. That's not going to be the case. Each one's going to be an original piece. Right. We have a customer right now that's bought 
50 or 60 little five-inch square dishes from us, and every one of them has been different. <laughs> he buys them 20 and 30 at a time and hasn't asked us to make every one of them different. No, he loves that they're all different. Oh, that's great. But, you know, it's one of those that it's just basically um, doodling. We'll sit down in the evening and get on either side of the table and... Tracy will take it this way and I'll take it that way and then we'll look over each other's shoulder and that'll give us inspiration to go another way. But yeah, it's right now he's he's received 50 or 60 one-off, one-of-a-kind pieces that people are buying. That has to be such a joy to take the idea to illustrate it, whether it's one of your large pieces, your public art pieces, which we'll talk a little bit about some of that, um, or one of the small pieces that you're doodling about, and to see that concept, you know, go come to fruition in a tangible piece that people enjoy giving, receiving, displaying in their homes. It's really awesome. Well, and, it, and it's a good way, you know, like doodling is a good way to put it, because sometimes you take a doodle that you like and expand it into something much larger and more impressive. It's just given you a start of a new thought and a new direction. Is like, what happens if we do this? And uh, so these little doodles are practical in a lot of ways in that they let us play with ideas and concepts in a small format so that we can just come up with new ideas that might expand into something much larger. It's really great. You know, we were talking about pieces that are displayed with honor in people's homes, and we have different areas of our community that are, are given identity with new artwork and pub with public art and give placemaking in areas where we make our homes, like neighborhoods. Um, can you talk in, in our community parks? And can you talk a little bit about some of the work that you've done that are, are placemaking and identity building in the neighborhoods and our community here and really give a sense of um, color and creativity to to where we live. One of, one of the fun things I'd like to say first about public art um, is it's, well, when you, when you do small pieces or commissions, you make them, you may love them, but once they're in somebody's home, they're gone. Most pieces you never see again. And it's like giving away a child or, you know, a small pet or something. Mm -hmm. It's like this is something that you put some love and heart into. You may have been absolutely thrilled with how it came out, but once it's gone, it's gone. Public art is kind of the opposite of that. You get to drive by it every day if you want to. It's out there in the public. You get to visit it. You get to say hi whenever you want to. It's it's a really interesting feeling to, to drive around town and see some of our actual finished pieces that are there permanently on display, and it's a, it's a really great feeling. Typically, when we've done our public art pieces, they're, they're not— big money makers they're we're we're honored and here's our chance to show off and this is going to be there for everybody to see and we don't want to be embarrassed <laughs> by what we've produced and we probably you know go overboard a little bit to make sure that we're producing the absolute best and coolest thing we can um regardless of the budget you know and it's uh and public art is also, um, it's a question of scale, too, that we don't normally get to play with. So most commissions um, that we do in people's homes, they can actually end up 
fairly large. We've done some some interior commissions for individuals that were good size, but that's not the same as the scale of putting something outside in a park or um, that's going to be out with permanence like that. So it's it gives us you a whole different feel of scale to build with that you don't normally have. And since it's a public art piece, there's usually very little input to what you're going to do. It's it's totally our creation. It, there might be a theme or something that we're following that won us the project in the first place because they were looking for, you know, they want an outside, outside sculpture and it's going to go in this park. And they may have a, a few directions in which they want to direct the artist to, to go. But generally, it's up to the artist to come up with whatever they want, and then you present it, and hopefully you win the project with that concept. And then now we've—and again, you know, two decades later, you start—you know, as part of the public art process, you have your your resume and a list of everything you've done, and, and you, you look up one day, and it's a pretty long page full of pieces. I had a— a uh, co-worker friend recently had somebody in from out of town and they wanted to drive him around and show him our public art pieces. And it was a, a half-day trip for him to go check out all the pieces. That was one of my first, well, that's fun. There's there's some pieces out there. <laughs> I love when I'm in a public space and or a museum and I see a work of art from a friend of mine. Absolutely. It's like having a visual handshake, you know, with my friend. <laughs> That's a fun way to put it. <laughs> we were in a gallery in Canada, Whistler, two years ago and saw a David Phelps sculpture in a gallery, and we absolutely understand that feeling. It was, we know that guy. <laughs> Have you had other artists, or who, may I ask, who are the inspirations of people's work in design, maybe architecture, other glass artists, other mixed media artists that uh, continue to inspire or historically uh, uh, there, There's you? more, like, styles right. that influenced us rather than maybe specific architects or artists. Like, we're very influenced by Art Deco themes, um, very industrial Themes. We love working with industrial materials like raw steel or rusted steel, perforated metals. Um, so it's it's more of a, a feel and a and a style that influences Frank us. Frank Lloyd Wright, that well, kind of thing. He would yeah. be a specific architect for sure. Yeah. So Frank Lloyd Wright is is a big influence. Um, there's, oh, we, there's we don't go very organic most times. Everything's usually pretty. Um, crisp and clean and square lines, bright colors. Uh, we, we do seem to um, throw really bright colors in a lot. We are not generally um, muted tone designers. We like really bright, contrasty colors. So you'll see that a lot. But I, I couldn't tell you honestly from this poem where that came from, what, you know, right. what led to that. But it is something that we both have... Um, really kind of incorporated into our design work. I love the way you use color, light, um, and the contrast of materials, I think is really great. So contrast that's definitely a, a theme for us, you yeah. know, steel next to glass or, you know, wood with, with glass. And, and then and then the other thing that you're probably picking up on is, is we have the same sense of style. We both are, you know, our, our aesthetic 
is the same from from one to the other of us, which has to have been way easier than most um, collaborations or artist couples to to be that. Uh, aesthetically, mm-hmm. aesthetically aligned. Yeah, it's part of the energy that brought you together in the I'd beginning. Probably so. I, I, I think it that. is part of what brought it together. I think it's also been. I mean, we've worked at maintaining it through right. the years too. We we really want to collaborate together, and that requires that we have a similar outlook on design and what we like and the patterns and. We, we want some contrast with each other because we bounce ideas off of each other all the time. That's how any of our big projects happen, is we'll sit down with a glass of wine and start talking about it and kind of build it from a basic idea to whatever it needs to be fleshed out to. So it, it's got to have some similarities, but we also bring unique elements into it as well. Absolutely. We were talking about public art, and you mentioned the style of design that has inspired you with Art Deco. I know the community is really excited about what will become a new beautiful experience at our Civic Center Music Hall. Would you like to say anything about that? That's really exciting. Well, it's definitely the project of a of a lifetime. You know, it's uh, what we've worked for for you know all our lives basically is an opportunity like this to to create something as monumental and beautiful and um enduring enduring as as these two you know the the project in the civic center is two massive uh light sculptures or chandeliers if you will and we are uh, you know part of our Part of our pitch when we when we were after this project, uh, and the reason we got it was because we were passionate about it. We um, grew up going to the Civic Center. Uh, the Civic Center is a, you know our Art Deco style. It's uh, lighting is our thing. Um, our grandkids will end up going to the Civic Center. Everybody we know goes to the Civic Center. So there was just no way we were not going to let this project go to anybody else besides us. <laughs> Tracy, I remember you talking about when you received that phone call. Of <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, echoes of my screams are still reverberating <laughs> through the city because I could not believe that we'd actually won it, and we are so excited. It's coming together. It's not been, uh, you know, it's not been a super easy project. It's not like anything we've ever made before, but we can say that on most projects we ever work on are not like anything we've ever done before. And the amount of people that, you know, contractors and other people that we've had to involve that were elements of this project that we just literally could not perform ourselves has added a degree of difficulty that we weren't anticipating. Right. Um, and it's just part of the part of the process, and something you you learn from and and work through. But uh, it's you know all our projects that are we've we've made them ourselves. You know every part, every piece, every part of the process, and to they're so big, and it's such a project that we've had to utilize other companies to to fulfill some of the components, and that's been interesting. Absolutely. I, I know the community. I know I am so excited um, to see how 
to see this journey. You know, these public art pieces in particular are like these beings that, um, you know, that we will come to know. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, having them close to us, too. It's, you know, Oklahoma City projects, we haven't really, uh, we've done some out-of-state things, but the public art pieces, those were private commissions, out-of-state, but public art have all been mm-hmm. Oklahoma City and, and Norman, so they're all things that we can see or visit whenever we want. And I love that you're from around here, and you've grown up visiting some of these places, and your family nearby. That's so important. Very true. Grew up in Norman. Family still mostly all lives down there. For me, Rick's got a little different story, obviously. I've been here a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about community. Um, one of my favorite experiences this past year was being at Art Fusion Studio and with my friends, creating and getting some ins- instruction from you and the experience socially and from a learning and um, just enjoy enjoyment. Um, and I really appreciate how you bring art to the community and bring people together in the community. And that goes back to that timber as fuel, you know, people who support the gathering and coming together and the art parties that you're um, having. I love the gallery space. You're right. It does seem like there are 15 different artists <laughs> um, in the gallery. I love the the studio experience with the art party and learning about the process, seeing the kiln um, and actually being together and cutting glass and um, and then you know receiving such a beautiful piece of art. There's just, there's no way I could have made that on my own without um, being shepherded <laughs> by you both in the process. Well, it's been really fun um, creating those uh, art events. It has been our experience that most of the people that come through our studio have little or no familiarity with fused glass. So we developed this party slash class thing that you can do where you can come in and make your own pieces. I give you a little guidance. I give you ideas. We work out uh, what you want to make, and I help you, you know, make that happen. And it gives you an appreciation of an art form that maybe you weren't familiar with before. So I think it's it's an interest, interesting way to expose people to something that they haven't seen or done before and have fun doing it. So I think it, it gives people exposure in a fun way. And it was another one of those, we had no plan. It wasn't like we were (laughs) sitting around and, hey, we can get people in and we can show them how to do this and make a little money. It was, you know, the the facility gets rented out just for parties in general, not necessarily a fused glass party or glass blowing party. Like as an event space. Right, right. Right. So people just come come hang out there. They'll they'll have a company uh, party there or something. And this one particular party that this somebody else put together was, hey, could you guys do something interactive with my employees while they're here? They're going to go, you know, blow glass in the back. And so we, okay, yeah, well, and so that's how the whole thing started was somebody else asking us to do it. And had it not been for how much fun we saw people have doing it, um, it was like, you know, well, that was really fun, you know, and, and. Again, it's not a big money maker for us, but it's very fulfilling um, most of the time, and to, to see 
see people having fun and, and the look on their faces when they pick up their finished pieces, uh, you know, whenever they come to pick them up, we could just hand them their pieces and let them go. But no, no, we make them open some of them so we yes. can see the joy on their face. That's really great. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, you have a piece, Learn, Grow, Reflect, that is at Wilson Elementary School. Mm-hmm. And I thought looking back on this past year and your history together and the way in which you've grown to where what you're doing today and where you are today, if you have, and it's a, a timely symbolic time now as we've entered into a new year, of what are your, do you have words of reflection, thoughts that express that continuum of bringing your past working together into this new year and into the future? Well, that's a complex question. Um, we are always grateful and happy with where we are at with our lives. We have everything that we could have asked for 20 years ago that uh, we didn't even know to ask for at the time. The space that we have, having each other, doing what we love to do, we try to express to each other all the time how happy we are with where we are at right this moment. Not, not saying, oh, things are going to be great some point in the future. We love where we're at right now. We love our home. We love the gallery that we've put together. We love our space. We love each other. I think we couldn't be happier with how our lives have gone. Yeah, we're just uh, keeping it going at this point. You know, there is no someday. You know, that that's not part of our part of our conversation. It's... It's it's about now and today and how good it is. Now we're yeah. going to continue to grow. <laughs> right, know. right. We, we don't sit still very well. Yeah. So satisfied doesn't mean stagnant. You know, satisfied means this is fun. Let's, let's do more of this. Let's keep it going. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for you uh, for, for that philosophy because yeah. it's been wonderful to see the ways in which you've um, grown, expressed yourselves through your artwork and bring us all together. Beautifully, well, beautifully said. And your website is artfusionstudio.com. And I want to thank you, my friends, Rick and Tracy Bewley for being with me today and for sharing and connecting our community and for being timber people as you are. Thank you. Thank you, Gina. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Timber People was brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform. 